the revelation of Christ's death resurrection and the gift of eternal life. First Peter 1 and verse 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible, but of incorruptible seed, that is the word of I thank you because this truth will descend upon them today as only you, so that in doing the word it, may practice of the same to the letter. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Say amen, say amen boldly. Look up somebody and greet the person. Tell the person what your name is if you have a name. Welcome the person to church. Say, welcome the church. I've been preaching miraculous provision. Provisions. And the reason why I'm preaching this is because I want you to begin to trust God for it. I want you to begin to walk in this reality. Now we have several stories by the Old Testament of miraculous with the New Testament so that we can understand and begin with several stories in the Bible to prove that it's not going to be based on what you can believe what you can get your for but God's human superhuman provision. And we've taken our story from Matthew 17 Gospel. Matthew's Gospel 17 And I'm hinging this commandment strictly I'm saying that this commandment is on this ability. The commandment that it should be a distributor. The commandment that God expects you to be a distributor. A distributor. A distributor must of necessity be hinged on miraculous provision. me to be a distributor 
of miracles provisions must be ready and handy so i want you to think in this light not because of your own selfish motive of your own personal gain but because of the ministry god has prepared you for where certain scriptures will become very relevant in your work quickly says whilst by the experiment of this ministration the glorified God on your behalf for me for your liberal distribution to all men first subjection to the gospel of Jesus Christ but you God we are persuaded better of you things that accompany salvation through the son of Corinthians chapter 9 verse 13 Hebrews 6 and verse 9 just quoted these two verses now and Romans chapter 12 will learn this one alongside praying without ceasing rejoicing in hope business kindly affection to another with brotherly love in one another is this Bible commandment distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Ah, very powerful. Don't think of neglecting it, don't think of joking with it. Don't even think of being stingy or try to manipulate or maneuver your way through it. Think of being responsible to it only. Think of being responsible to it only. I've said this a long time. I said the source of God's supernatural provision on the earth is the new creature the new creature is a source of God's interminable physical provisions upon the face of the earth the same way God sees you as a repository a repository of power he also expects it to be a repository a deposit a source a depot of physical blessedness blessings acts 10 38 how god anointed jesus christ of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good doing good assisting giving ministering to people's needs hebrews 13 16 but to do good and to communicate forget not 
with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. God is well pleased. I gave you two reasons, very cogent and important reasons, why you must give as a believer. Said first, it is a commandment in the New Testament. If you are not in the act, the attitude and the practice of giving as a child of God, you are misbehaving already. It is something that accompanies salvation. The attitude of sharing. The attitude of giving. Galatians 6 and verse 10. As we therefore have the opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially they of the household of faith. One mark of San Christianity is a lifestyle of giving. One mark of sound Christianity is a lifestyle. A concrete, consolidated lifestyle of giving. The child of God must be The Bible says, walk with wisdom towards them that are without. Let your speech be with gracious result. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. Blessing to people with words. Words of thanksgiving to God. Sacrifice. God is pleased by this sacrifice. I preached at you in this church and I said to you that giving is sacrificial in a sense. Giving is sacrificial in a sense. Matthew's Gospel has been good text for us concerning miraculous provisions. Perhaps the reason why some people do not give is because they do not believe in such possibilities. I cannot make bold to say to you that you must have a complete understanding or take in God's commandments. You must have a complete grasp of the entire subject matter or you miss it totally. For instance, if you are all out to give, 
and to minister to people's necessities. But I don't believe in miraculous provisions. You may soon get frustrated. If you are all out to speak words, gracious words, Ephesians 4 verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mind. But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace to every man that hear it be. First Peter 3 and verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God your heart in your heart and be ready to give every man that shall ask thee the reason of the hope that is within you with godly reverence and fear. If you don't have the whole picture of how inspiration by the Spirit through the Word will open your mind and mouth to things that will bless people, you may just be all out to carry this instruction without any effectiveness. In the same vein, if I must make a practice of giving as a lifestyle of fearing, I must live in divine provisions. Superhuman provisions. <clears throat> superhuman provisions. Back to the story of the temple tax. On Sunday I shared with you Christ at John 6 with a miraculous multiplication of loaves. Don't struggle to understand or accept or believe Bible miracles as listed. You are not meant to struggle with them. You are meant to accept them as truth. They are not inexplicably foul. They are not incomprehensible. They don't have in them an impossible enigmatic touch. All you need to do is to accept it. As it is in truth a miracle. That is, there is power at work. Let me quickly explain again what I mean by miraculous provisions. I'm looking at God's commandment for me as a child of God as a mandate. And I'm willing to obey. I'm willing. Ephesians 4 verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more. Rather let him live by walking with his hands. That he may have to give to him that needeth. I'm willing. Acts 20 and verse 34. You yourselves know that these hands have ministered to me my necessities as they that were with me. I have shewed you all things that at your labor and you to support the weak. And to remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ that he said is more blessed to give than to receive. If this is Bible, if this is a commandment I'm willing to obey, I also find ready on my fingertips and within my mind the thought 
the possibility, the probability, and the miracle of provision. And I believe it. This is my point. Miraculous provisions. I said, number one, think of it in the light of supernatural increase. Number two, think of it in the light of supernatural forestalling of waste. The possibility of spending eternal life and not just money or materials. Think about it in the light of increase. Think about it also in the light of favor. Superhuman favor beyond cash. If you can hold these two concepts, you may jolly well be able to walk in the reality miraculous providence. By faith, God will no wonder poor people in the Bible were willing to give. that 2nd Corinthians 6 and verse 10 as the sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as having none yet possessing all things Corinthians 9 and verse 8 is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye having all sufficiency in all things 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 you must find it easy depend on God. No matter where you walk, no matter your status, you must not let your financial status blind you from faith in miraculous provisions. I think this is where the problem comes. Many times, poor people don't give because they assume what they have would not be enough. Many times, the rich don't give like they ought to give. Assume that no matter how rich they are, humans within the confine of unlimited wants due to zero. It's all about what I've been able to get and how to manage it. The human economics or study of financial management will never ever encourage you to give. Especially on certain premiums. Giving, scattering abroad, distributing or sharing is not a healthy logic 
and missed human beings. It's a blind logic I'm presenting to you. And I'm saying that if this logic will work calculably in accordance with the will of the Father, you must believe in miraculous provision. You must believe in the working of angels. You must believe in the working of angels. of his mind and the Macedonians maybe that's this was a mind second Corinthians chapter 8 Corinthians in a great trial of affliction in a great trial of affliction and deep poverty great persecution the Macedonians gave to their power I record ye and beyond their power I enjoy reading Bible stories I say it again on the third time today I do not expect you to struggle to believe the miraculous Jesus would never be struggling to believe he's just to accept the way it is faith is a noun belief is the action of faith you act on what you believe to believe is to concede or to agree with to accept a soul after your certain differences quickly say what I said in the last 30 seconds again. Faith, which is the substance of things not seen, and evidence not seen, yet held on to. Faith is the noun, is the thing. Believing or believe is the verb, the action. Once you have faith, you act faith. Faith without action is no faith. So it says faith without works of faith is actually dead. James 2 and from verse 14, from verse 13 to 15. Faith without what is called believing or taking an action is no faith. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying, The truth, believe. To believe is to concede or accept a 
know after that you have settled differences. What do I mean? There is a reason why what you want to believe is impracticable to you. There is a reason why what you think is absurd or odd or impossible is so. Settle the difference. The difference is this. The story I'm about to read is a miracle. When I read my Bible and I have a disturbing feeling and I have a feeling of, dis- of, of contempt of disbelief I just quickly listen to myself and I said to myself this is a miracle it's always very easy for me I don't know I said this thing happened by a superhuman power I'm saying if God expects me to be a distributor of earthly resources then there is a supernatural working of his power that brings increase and that cuts losses away and that supernaturally brings favor where I'll be spending eternal life and not cash. Is this getting clearer? Matthew 17 and verse 24 several stories several miraculous provisions hallelujah Matthew 17 verse 24 and when they were come to Capernaum they that received tribute money came to Peter and said that not your master pay tributes they were trying to embarrass him and disgrace him They weren't lawful to receive tributes from the children of this particular tribe at this particular point. But like it happens in governance, treacherous collectors, tribute collectors, revenue generators always swindle laws out of hard earned money. They have received their curses on it. And verse 25. He says, Yes, we don't pay tribute because we are children. Yeah. And he left them. And he came to the house. Jesus was still in the house. Jesus said, uh uh, don't worry, Peter. In spite of the fact that what they are doing is an abnormally. Peter said unto him, Oh strangers, Jesus said children free. We are not meant to pay this particular tribute. However, so they won't find a reason to be offended at all. Go thou to the sea. This is a supernatural knowing. This is a miraculous knowing. A miraculous understanding of where to get money. miraculous understanding of what God to do. A miraculous understanding 
is not a bit of sustenance. And yet we're not understanding about the coronavirus 20 years from now. And yet we're not understanding of the business turn of events in 100 years from now. We don't know how much because everyone is rushing. You go by the space of the spirit. The pace of the spirit, I was going to say. I love this. Prayerfulness. Talking in tongues. And expecting the spirit of the Lord to lead you to the place of prophets. Sometimes Christians have serious issues managing business. So they introduce they introduce into their businesses secularistic ideologies. Ideologies like a friend in need is a bloody nuisance. Don't come here asking for money. I'm a businessman. <laughs> it's a wrong ideology. Have you seen this one before? Business thrives when family and friends pay for goods and services. Have <laughs> you seen it before? Some sell some. Our members of your household cannot and must not. You know why? They will deflate the business to minus. I remember my mother used to sell bread while we were on camp while I was at secondary school. Primary secondary we were selling bread. At a point, we were selling soft drinks because we lived within the secondary school quarters. So we're just some petite shop selling bread and strictly soft drinks. We never sold any of other things like some domestic things. We never did that. Because then, as a civil servant, if you have too much business enterprise, you could be sacked under the platform of divided interests. Things have turned out of way. Now you can even do 20 businesses and forsake government business and still make government money. And there were times we were so, we were so hungry. <laughs> we never could eat this bread. My mother would say, it is for sale. Yes. It is for sale. I can imagine. Bread. Bread cannot eat. Because by business ethics, by business ethics, you're not a 
calculate inflow outflow. First, how many loaves we've been able to buy? How many loaves are going to sell? The overhead and then your gain. Your gain must be enough to improve your business by a certain profitable percentage each time you sell bread or your business will go down. If for instance you have bought some loaves total overhead is 5,000 naira and your gain is 500 naira and members of your house eat 1,000 it means you are at a loss the business will ruin business profit must be able to expand the business once the profit is not marginal enough to keep the business afloat the business will soon ruin it is a question of time when we do in business several times is this not accountable being accountable in business is not just going to be something we can describe as being stingy being accountable in business is a wise one for business must grow you must be accountable you must save plan business can only survive when there is marginal profit each time the capital must be left all by itself sometimes we have businesses and we keep eating deep into the capital and we give several reasons and excuses and then you get discouraged and the business ruins now all these are just facts of economic planning business survival they don't add up for supernatural provision oh no wonder many christian businesses ruin yeah it's possible that the reason why many of us run businesses that ruin is because we're not managing businesses well as secular entrepreneurs or people that have an idea of management financially financial responsibilities i agree with you but i'm saying as a child of god the concept of miraculous provision precipitated on an understanding of being a liberal distributor of good things to all men violates the concepts and the elements of business management in the world so we're not going to have to argue over it we don't have to argue as someone says no are you saying i'm, I'm saying that 
Cosmic increase. So for some businesses, somebody says, don't touch it, don't take it. Just several years ago at Old Church site, a woman used to sell meat. She was a good believer. Attitudes and she was even a drama minister according to her. She had a meat stop, a meat, a meat shop. Meat shop was full. Sometimes she would slaughter an entire cow. Normal sell all of it. Some 150, 200 kg sized meat. She would sell all of it in a day. On a particular day in a discussion, she said to me, on a particular day in a discussion, she said to me, she said, there have been times in this business who could not afford to eat meat in my house for one week. And I had several kilograms of meat waiting to be sold at the meat shop. I was saying, pushed. So I said, what is the meaning of this? She said, it is better to starve of meat than to allow my business ruin. This is ideal for business management. It is not ideal for someone lives in miraculous provisions. At the end of it all, what we are saying is that I want you to begin to trust the Lord for funds, for assistance, for favor, for increase beyond the conventional and expected routes. The Lord is going to increase you beyond your business, your career, your enterprise, not open your eyes to business expansion beyond the regular. When you believe God for miraculous provision, when you believe God for miraculous provision, He's going to open you business insights you never had before. normally being wise or being a good manager of resources. He's going to open your eyes enterprise to enterprise beyond the secular, beyond the possible, beyond the plausible, beyond the reasonable. He will open you to enterprise that is beyond the calculable. Sometimes he will lead you to a total change of business entirely. Sometimes he will lead you to another environment. Sometimes he will lead you to
in a, a virgin land, a virgin place. He will lead you to plumb a depth where God dwells. He will lead you to a place of great treasure. He will lead you to a place of open doors. He will lead you to a place of favor. Because you are walking in an understanding of miraculous provision. I'm saying that you are not, you are not tied up, tight fisted, stingy, parsimonious, always complaining. Rather, you are open to the slightest nudging to give. The slightest nudging to give. Sacrificially. You are talking in tongues. You are praying and you are trusting the Lord. And he opens your eyes. He opens your eyes. He opens your eyes to enterprise. He opens your eyes to where not to invest. He opens your eyes to how not to do business. He opens your eyes to a source of loss. Thefts. A source of wastes. He opens your eyes. Supernaturally. When they start making money, it is because they don't understand the concept of success or prosperity itself. Somehow, there's so much insincerity regarding our prayers for success, for money, for better career, for marriage, that the moment we step into a better economic facility we lose consciousness of God you backslide each time I preach on prosperity I told you something in this church I always preach an area that most believers don't really enjoy and without fail without fail Pastors and church members alike will always meet me at service, will always come look for me and say, Where are you from? Please, where are you from? I describe it as the dangers of wealth. all praying. Lord, Lord, increase us. Lord, Lord, give me money. Oh, Father, Father, money. Oh, Lord, give me a better job. Oh, Lord. We have not learned what First Timothy's First Timothy teaches. First Timothy You've not learned it. First Timothy Chapter six Verse Nine The, the dangers 
of riches. There are certain challenges associated with prosperity or riches or success or good outcome or growth. A better status, a better house, a better car. I know a person very close to my old office, sometime young boy, who was indicted, hard worker. Then he made some money from some small contract and bought a car. I was so excited. I saw him and the man said, "Stop! I bought the car. See the car. See the car." I said, "Wow." Provide the man said, Ah, I said, let me provide this can. The man said, hey, Later, 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 I want to see some friends. Later, he was excited, he took some friends and drove and drove. I had an accident and died. That's a young boy. Um, got a car, yeah. Exactly. His his girlfriend, copper girlfriend, car, some drunken boys crashed into them, they broke their bones. Associated with a new status, with riches, with money. Verse 9 of 1 Timothy. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. I'm, I'm, I'm with the new King James Version. This is the NKJV. To many foolish and harmful loss, we draw men in destruction and perdition. Those who will be rich fall into a temptation, into a snare. <clears throat> Money can bring a snare. Riches. Of your riches, you can't. 
can hear me. And you are not rich. You may not get somebody ideal to marry. When you become rich, you cannot get a person ideal with a true heart to marry. Depend upon God. I say it again. Because Proverbs 19 verse 4 says, Wealth maketh friends, and a poor man is separated from his neighbors. As a young man or a young woman, you may not get the kind of person you desire or think of physically to marry, except you are rich. Our sisters are taught about money. Affluent riches. Wealth maketh friends. But the poor is separated from his neighbor. <laughs> Proverbs 27. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He persuades with words, yet they are wanting to him. <laughs> Is this difficult to understand? Is this difficult to understand? When you call a rich brother or a rich uncle, they respond to you based on your needs. No matter how old your brother or your uncle is, no matter how rich they are, if each time you call, it's always money. Problem, problem, Nepal bill, house rent, shoe rack, bad car. Sometimes they won't ban the phone. If you are rich, when you call them, they say, sir. Sometimes the youngest in the family is called a star. The oldest bows acknowledge. You respect the rich. Please don't think of your age. You will soon become frustrated. Only riches command respect. I'm saying to you that if you are not rich as a single boy or girl, you may not get an ideal person to marry, even in the church, because people are taught in the church how to gravitate towards the rich and run from the poor. Do you know why pastors flaunt wealth? Do you know why pastors do all they can to get money? Do you know why they forsake God and seek other means to get money? Because you will command respect from members of your church when you have wealth and flaunt it. The moment you ask Jesus, like in this church, they will disregard you. Will look at you and say, What are you doing? Say your mates, what are you? Why are you like this? Kilonja word, 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 If you want respect in your environment, money. If you want respect, even as a messenger to that place, you need money. People are trying to, to present a front and a facade of wealth. To command respect. 
looks at the rocks, the scholars, you are the wife of a CBN manager. <laughs> he or she will give you lesser work to do. When members of the church discover you are the fiancé of a Yahoo, Yahoo soccer player, we shall give you the posts of the choice laborer in the house of God. I mean, <laughs> it follows. If you are not wealthy, you do not get the right person to marry. In quote. Look at the danger of wealth. If you are wealthy, most likely people that will gravitate towards you will be insincere. If you are in a dilemma, if you have money, wahala. If you don't have money, wahala. I think you need God. You need God. You, they won't even greet you. They won't even know. They won't even talk to you. They won't even respect you. But if you get money by any means, they will gravitate towards you. And most of them are sycophants. They are pretenders. They are hypocrites. They are liars. They are only there for a while to loot your treasury. The moment your money dwindles, they will take flight. Pastor Fela described this with one of his his scary status. What's up? Pastor Fela said, if you are in a place, you live in a place where there is a blackout. A place where there is a power outage. There is no power. What we call no light. If you start your electric power generator, no matter how little, even if it's just 900 VA or 300 VA or 1K VA, people who don't greet you, people who don't know you, people who don't respect you, people who hate your God, people who refuse to allow you back to your car will come and say, Good morning, sir. They want to track their phones or gadgets or lamps. You will soon become the shaker and mover of society. Your little endemic, you become the king. Pastor Fala said, But the moment there is power out from your little electrical source, too, just see people just come and take their phone. They may not even greet you good night. They just come, move their phones, move their phones. He's curse, swear. They just don't even ever knew you before. They disappear. They just go as though there's a fight. So they just scatter. Right. On the way to campus, give students a car ride for free. Let your car have an issue close to campus. They will leave your car one after the other and disappear. So they will never even say good morning or good day. They are gone. Because they are going to use you while it lasts and talk to you. If you don't have money, you don't have friends. If you have money, those that are friends will be hypocrites. You need God. You need God. Four. The love 
commandment is the root of all evil. People have said, Sir, do not send money. The Bible says the love of money. What you are not saying is this. It is not possible to have money and not love it. You are not looking at the Bible in this light. Once you have money, you will love it. Except you are warned sternly that instead of trusting in money, you should trust in God who gives supernatural provisions. Even the rich must be taught what I'm teaching you tonight. That there is miraculous provisions beyond your pay packet and your financial empowerment. There is more than your fat back account. There is more than where you walk. We're talking about trusting in the Lord. You must be exercising yourself along the lines of godliness to show profound trust in God and not trust your money. On Friday, I'm going to teach you attitudes of the man who trusts the Lord and not his wealth. Because there are certain attitudes you will put up to show you actually trust in God and not your wealth. Most humans who have money love the money and act proudly, pridefully, act proud because of money. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number you can't even sleep anymore when you are rich you can't sleep you become arrogant you don't attend church you change friends you lose real friends you lose homeless friends sometimes even clean wife you lose the wife of your youth you lose confidence you lose intimate other friends who are just wasters and hypocrites. You lose genuine commitment and base. You start frolicking with demons, foul people. You stop the worship of the only wise God to begin to worship money. Supernaturally, whether it was Spore of the moment revelation, or Jesus had known beforehand, it was a supernatural knowing. Except Peter was going to go to a fish pond next door. If Peter were to hit the fish pond next door, how would Peter have recognized the fish that will come up and he will catch it by the hook? Perhaps Peter will all the fish in the pond. If somebody had caught a 
the fish. How did Jesus know? In any case, when they are describing a pond next door, some local pond for subsistence fish farming, where you have some 30 pieces of tilapia fish, we're talking about a sea. A sea. The physical human mathematical probability of picking the right fish the first time to the last time is negligibly small. Random sampling. If Peter picked all the fish in the sea, which is impossible, he may not get the one that has the coin. Whoever placed the coin there must not be a human being. If it's a human being, it could not have been a conspiracy for Jesus' miracle mongering ideology. It definitely was not a ten gone mad. No, it can't be that there was a conspiracy. Just make sure you get the fish and put red on it and make sure it goes to that side. Peter, you go through the back. In a sea. Not even a river, let alone a sea. A sea is made up of a very strong spout with many rivers as tributaries pouring into it. A sea. If it was conspiracy, what if the fish had swam to some other part of the Categorically and miraculously said by a miraculous understanding, go cut the hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. This is a miraculous calculation of time. Peter had to take steps to the sea in good time to catch the particular sea in good time there was the specific fish in the sea to come up to attempt to pick what was in the hook don't forget the hook was going to be it was going to be a bait the hook was not a special magnetic um, attraction for a special metallic type of fish it was a hook with a one bait on it just any foul, evil, small fish could have come to eat the worms and Peter would take it up and find some little tiny flesh and get very angry and go by the crest and say, what kind of thing is this? You're wasting my time. I am a professional. Jesus must have, in consideration by the Spirit, calculated his time. Peter required a time frame, a time to move from where he was to the sea, no hindrance, no waiting, no drifting, no chatting, no relating, no stopping, no resting, no drinking water, no going back home to quickly go and eat, no rest. You must rush to that place in a particular time. You must cast the hook in that time. You must catch the specific fish in that time. You must bring it up on time and then open the mouth and take the coin. What a timing. The timing itself was supernatural. Whatever Christ was doing was determining Peter's step. Peter could not take the wrong step. No way. He needed the fish. And the fish needed 
one attracted or that will eventually win the rum on the hook. The hook was no attraction except there was something on it. And it had to be that fish. How did Jesus know there was a particular fish with a coin good enough to pay for both of them in its mouth? What if Peter had gone in vain? What will you think of the master? Have you been led before and you went in vain? What do you think of God? Have you been led and you made several mistakes in life and you almost committed suicide? What do you think about God? This had a spiritual timing to it. Whatever Jesus did must be propelling the wind to propel Peter. Must be controlling Peter's mood. Sometimes you are walking, you slow down. You get a distractor. Old men, small men. You can see somebody playing football and you wait a while to watch a little. No matter how disinterested, something may take your attention on the way to the, to the sea. I do not think Peter was actually counting or marking steps. Peter was not even doing a spiritual work. Peter was used to his miracles, I guess, but then he had to just go and find out. Strange stories. Down to the sea. Cast and hook. Take up the fish. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. shall find a piece thou and thou shall find a piece of money story. Thou shall find a piece of money. Thou shall find a piece Miraculous provisions. We have to begin to believe God. Whether you are married or not, single or not, man or woman, boy or girl, you may not even have a family you have to fend for, provide for. Once you are a child of God, I want you to begin to believe this miraculous provision 
concept. And Luke 4 even verse 1 and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesareth and saw two ships standing by the lake but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships which was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out in the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. It's a large cast of catch of fish. Verse 5. And Simon answered said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night. We fish all and still used. I wish Christian businessman, Christian entrepreneur, Christian career people will allow the leading of the spirit and a free course for the word concerning giving. Giving doesn't have to ruin you. You can give and give your way to increase. I wish businessmen who today are becoming very stingy because things are getting more difficult will not backslide this far and know that there's a possibility of increase where there had not been possibility of increase before. That you are distributing is not enough to ruin the business as much as not giving at all. This is a divine principle. Sharing will not ruin the business as much as not sharing. This is a way that Catholic abroad are using it in Christian. It's a divine principle. Proverbs 11 and verse 24. Proverbs 11 24. This is a divine principle. We have toiled all night. We've done all we know to do. Prisoners are talking here. Fishermen who could toil on the sea all night are brave. Imagine walking all night on the high seas. Can you do it? They must be professional fishermen. Not afraid of ghosts. Cruel creatures. Nocturnal animals. I make bold to you that darkness in itself is not all the way associated with spiritual wickedness. Spiritual wickedness is an enterprise of the devil and his courts. And they run 24-7. The reason why darkness is scary is because the brain identifies darkness as being scary. And also, because many cruel animals and monstrous animals are nocturnal. That is, they are more active at night than during the day. Snakes, several creeping animals are nocturnal. They are night crawlers. 
I'm not forgetting any case that the noise of their predators, men, are so reduced at night is as if they are the only ones there. If you live in a place that is almost soundless during the day, near a bush, snakes will visit you. If you live in a quiet place near a bush during the day, snakes will come and say hi to you. You can sit in your living room, a snake will come and greet you, not knowing you are a man. Because they like quiet, still places and also Social men who will labor because the night is cool. The school of fish will come up when it's cool. During the day, the base, the base of the sea is cool. The blink, the bloom of the surface is hot because of the sun. At night, the surface is cool, at least cooler than the base. So fish for being nocturnal and also for the warmth and for the temperature will come up. So fishermen could walk at night and get better catch than they would during the day. I'm sure they must have labored at night. Day at day. They caught nothing. You gather all at night. Does it? But that's your word. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I've done all I could. But I believe God. I've tried this business and this business, but I believe God. I've tried this enterprise and this enterprise, but I believe God. I've tried this career and this one, but I believe God. I've done this and done this, but I believe God. I've tried this interview and this visa, but I believe God. I've tried this and this, I still believe God. No matter how many times you have failed, keep at it. If you fail over and over again, Keep working hard till you fail no more. Where it is at all possible, rise after each failure with a renewed strength. It is called the law of diminishing returns. Human beings have the tendency to lose heart and be discouraged to have a renewed strength to face the same challenge when they are failed over again. A second marriage after a first divorce is always worse than the very first one. A second or third relationship is always worse after being jilted once or twice. Human beings lose faith. They lose ego. They lose strength to drive. But it all doesn't add up. If you are a child of God, please wake after each failure with rejuvenated strength, trusting the Lord. I still, I am the same person whom the Bible describes as a victor who conquered the world by faith in Christ. I will try again. We tried all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, Lord, I believe. I wish the IB 
believe God concept can come back into our heads, into our finances, into our homes, into our health, into our lives, into your car, into your machinery, into your objects and electronics, your devices, even your phone. I am alive. I believe God. I believe God. Blessed is he that believeth. Blessed is he that believeth. For there shall be performance of those things which are told her by God. Believe. 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 Luke 1 and verse 37. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Matthew 19 from verse 26. With man it is impossible. For not with God. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Shall believe. Mark 9 verse 23. All things are possible to him that believeth. Luke 1 45. And blessed is he that believeth. For there shall be a performance of those things. Which are told her from the Lord. Blessed is he that believeth. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. When Luke 5 6, they had done this, they engulfed a great multitude of fishes and their nets began to break. Find this at John 21 from verse 11. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, fell down as Jesus his knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. And all that were with him. At the great catch of the fishes. Which they had taken. And so was also James and John. The sons of Zebedee. Which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon. Fear not. From henceforth. Thou shalt catch men. When they had brought their ships to land, they forsook their business, their enterprise, and followed him. Begin to think supernatural provisions. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Blessed is he that believeth. Luke 137, Luke 145. For there shall be a performance of those things which are told out from the Lord. Begin to believe in the possibility of supernatural provisions. Your mind, open your mind. Lord, I believe. Open your mind. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Supernatural provisions. Superhuman.
people you have not known never met will give you money. They will support you. They will hand you the huge check. The huge check promised by the Lord shall be to you. They will say, this is it. All barriers and handing them will be taken away. They will give it to you. The expected money shall come. The expected support, financial assistance and favor shall come. Expected job. A door no man can open. It was a door that no man can shut. Believe in the supernatural. Miraculous entrance. Incursion. Bringing in of money. Trust. Kind. Assistance. Favor.